Welcome back to Keeping Tabs. I'm Tabitha Crock, and let's thank our sponsor, 32 Below, Froyo and more. They're located in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. They got frozen yogurt, tons of toppings, endless mimosas on Sundays with football. They also have paninis, adult floats, adult beverages, and much more. So make sure you follow them on social media and keep up to date on everything happening. All right, today I interview Joe Fabiano. He is a commercial real estate uh, a realtor located here in Coeur d'Alene. We talk about investments, we talk about interest rates. If you're looking at eventually investing in some commercial real estate, he has great advice. So enjoy that episode. Good morning, and I have Joe Babiano with me today. Um, I have the pleasure to work with Joe on other projects, but Joe is the vice president um, for um, commercial real estate investments with Windermere here in Coeur d'Alene, and he has a wealth of knowledge. I'll let him kind of go into his background with um, the law of commercial real estate, his his selling of commercial real estate, and then we'll go from there. So tell us, first of all, thanks, Joe, and tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Hey, good morning, Tabitha. Thank you for organizing this. And before officially getting started, let me also just call attention to the sign in the background, <laughs> which says register to vote. Um, obviously, this is not about a, a political statement about the importance of our democracy. And I wanted to just sort of lend my support to the importance of that as well. Please, everybody, get out to vote. Yes. If you haven't already. Um, so me, well, I, um, I've been practicing commercial real estate for 17 years. And prior to that, I was a business person running various businesses, retail related, um, did a lot of development work, finding sites for my underlying businesses to do business. And then, um, prior to that, um, and, um, and on the East coast, I was a practicing attorney. So a bit reformed from that now, but at least I still have the discipline associated with that and comfortable working through the issues of details, et cetera. And so that's what I've been doing. Um, I work with all product lines of commercial real estate, but I do have a specialty in hospitality products, hotels, restaurants. Um, and I've also developed a bit of a specialty in assisted living facilities um, and increasingly important product for our generation as we, myself included, continue to age. Um, so um, that's what I do. I can represent both buyers and sellers, uh, or I can represent the same at or, or both at the same time. I tend to represent more buyers than sellers. And so I have very, very good insights into expectations and how to assess the quality of the investments and um, that sort of thing. Um, do you want me to stop talking or? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, well, um, with your, um, with your question, I was going to ask you or what your not your question with what you said is that you say you represent both buyers and sellers. And this is a, a crazy market right now for a lot of people. Um, maybe let us know a little bit about the market right now and for buyers and sellers. Is it good? Is it a good time to buy or sell or anything with commercial real estate? Yeah, sure. Well, thank you. Uh, and, and indeed, uh, a great, a great uh, lead in. Um, if there's one takeaway that people can do from our podcast this morning, what I'd like them to take away is to shift their thinking a little bit 
And don't think of real estate that is commercial real estate as real estate. Think of it as an asset to make money. And if you can think of it that way, then the answer to your question is, the underlying answer to your question is, is this a good opportunity to make money? And the answer, the short answer is yes, it is. Um, despite the uh, pandemic and despite the restrictions and the challenges we've had recently, there is still a lot of optimism in the marketplace. The underlying economics are strong as it relates to interest rates, all-time lows, and the demand is quite high. And I think that with the unemployment at record highs, opportunities to re-employ are going to become increasingly more um, in demand. And so short answer is it is a good time to uh, be a consumer of commercial real estate. And even though I do not do housing, I know from my colleagues in the residential uh, real estate that the residential market is on fire, oh, absolutely yeah. on fire. And I think fueled a lot regionally by the high demand to relocate the areas such as ourselves, um, such as here. And so the residential market is on fire. And the so what of all that is as more and more people set their sights on coming here, they will be bringing their investment dollars here. They'll be bringing their interest of businesses. And so a second wave, so to speak, I think is building where our area will be increasingly popular. Um, and so, yeah, this is, this is a very dynamic time. And uh, I invite you to, uh, to participate uh, because, you know, the adage is, is you can't be in real estate unless you actually participate. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And I was going to say, is, there's so many layers to that. Now that you bring it up is that we're, we're seeing more tourism because people are wanting to get out of the city or they're wanting to go do something. So they come to these small towns, which goes to, you know, uh, hotels and things like that. When people are more moving here, um, there's goods and bads to that because then people that can't afford houses anymore, they need apartments to live in. So having apartment buildings that you've sold those too. So there's so many different layers with people coming in. It is a great opportunity with interest rates, I think are lower right now. And if you want to invest in a, you know, a commercial real estate investment, um, I think the, for this kind of the interest is low for, um, for this as well. Right. It is indeed. Um, the uh, commercial real estate rates, the conventional commercial real estate loans can be as low as four to four and a quarter, 4% mm -hmm. to 4.25%. That's pretty darn low. Yeah. And in fact, it's the lowest I can recall in my years of practice. If you were to do an SBA loan, SBA meaning the Small Business Administration, which is uh, guaranteed by the federal government, those rates are going to be slightly higher, but still going to be in the 5% range. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty darn good. And, um, you know, by all indications are going to stay in that lower range, which will fuel um, affordability of people buying commercial real estate. Um, and, and let me just segment a moment to categorize two different, two different sort of categories of commercial real estate users or, or, or consumers, I should say. The first one is a user, and a user would be like a restaurant, like a hotel, like a uh, business person, a small business, large, medium business person who needs a location to do their business. Right. And so you obviously have 
the advantages of being able to produce your product, do your business, conduct your business, et cetera, in a secure location. Now that location comes with a lot of tax benefits as well. A lot of write-offs, your insurance, you know, your, all your expenses, as well as your loan um, service, the, your loan payments, but also very significantly depreciation. And so it allows you a significant tax write-offs um, along the way. And of course, your payments are going toward building equity yeah. as opposed to a lease payment, which does not build equity. It just makes a payment. Mm -hmm. And um, so users, um, really, if you think of real estate as an asset to make money, that is spot on. And fast forward. I've now time for me to retire and I've done well, it's time for me to retire or I want to shift and do something differently. So what do I do? Well, son of a gun, you have a very um, profitable asset mm -hmm. and what you can do is you can sell your asset and if you wanted to avoid tax consequences of having to pay the proceeds, capital gains or, or, or otherwise, then be the lender, carry the note, and create an income stream for yourself. So for example, let's say I have a $500,000 building and I'm gonna sell it and I have $500,000 of proceeds. Well, first of all, if you carry the note, then you don't have to recognize those as taxable proceeds. And secondly, if you carry the note, you're gonna create an income stream for yourself. And a lot of my clients, including one very recently, uses that as their retirement income wow. strategy. You know, let's say 6%. I, I know I just said commercial loan rates are in the uh, four to 5% range, but sometimes when owners carry, you get a little bit of a, a fudge factor. So let's say 6%. Well, son of a gun, you know, 6%, uh, a simple interest on top of 500,000 is 30,000 a year. That's, you know, more than what is it? $2,500 a month of income. Wow. And you know, that's a good retirement plan. Um, I'm closing a transaction tomorrow where that's precisely what's going to happen. And, uh, so think of it as, as an asset to make money, both short term and long term. Yeah. And that's, that's fantastic. And so someone like me that doesn't own any commercial real estate, and maybe that's something I yeah. want now, like start to yeah. really think about that. What are steps right. I can take now to prepare to invest in something because I have dreams of owning some commercial real estate and so sure. what can I do now to get ahead so that when the right opportunity shows up or the right property that I'm like oh my gosh I'm not ready or I'm not saved or I didn't do the right things what can you what is myself or anyone that's in the same boat what can we do to prepare for those moments sure well good good question and let me let me address it this way there are really two two ways to answer that and obviously getting into any investment depends on how much liquidity you have to, to support the investment. You know, how much down payment do you have? Mm -hmm. So there are two ways to think of this. If you are a user and you're going to operate your business within that building, then you could qualify for an SBA loan, small business administration loan. And that requires a minimal down payment as low as 10%. So it's guaranteed, and the reason why there are SBA loans guaranteed by the federal government is to give sort of startups and to give new investors an opportunity to get into business at an affordable way. So you can go as low as 10%. Wow. 
And it might go up to 20%, but, but really 10% is, is an expectation. And think about it. If you're trying to buy a $500,000 building, $50,000 is a heck of a lot better than $150,000. Because if you were looking at a commercial loan, a straight line commercial loan, typically the down payments are going to be 25 to 30%. And so, first of all, users have a distinct advantage of being able to do that. If, however, you just wanted to start building some equity, then, and even if you had just a relatively small amount of down payment, I would encourage you to think of becoming initially an investor. And maybe you and a family member or you and a spouse or whatever could pull a little bit of money together and get into an investment like a multifamily. Yeah. For example, you start out small, you buy either a, a fourplex, which are very hard to come by because the multifamily market, unfortunately, yeah. is also on fire. But assuming that you could do that, then of course, you make an initial investment in a fourplex, and you do that with the confidence of knowing that rents are gonna continue to appreciate. Mm -hmm the rents continue to appreciate and every appreciation, every rent dollar appreciation creates more value for you upon resale and or it also creates more value for you for cash flow. So what happens is you start building cash flow and that, that helps contribute to your liquidity for future investments. And so my advice to a first timer is let's find a digestible product or that you can qualify for, even if you want to partner with family members or others, uh, and then get you into the investment, start experiencing the positive cash flow, as well as building equity if you wanted to resale, and go from there. Because, fast forward, if you were an investor, and going back to that same fourplex, let's assume five, 10 years from now, you want to sell that. Well, the good news is, under the current tax structure, if you sold that, you can shelter your proceeds, meaning not having to pay taxes on those, by reinvesting in another real estate product. And that's called leverage. So example, you buy a $500,000 fourplex, Yahoo. And then five years from now, you sell it for $650,000. Well, simplistically, you have $150,000 of taxable proceeds. Well, son of a gun, rather than pay the tax rates, even if they're capital gains, on that $150,000 proceeds, you can leverage that into a bigger project and go buy a $700,000 fourplex, make more money, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's building blocks. And it's a way to leverage money. And a bunch, a bunch of people do that. And, you know, I have the I've had the privilege of working with first timers who now have a pretty advanced portfolio of real estate and it's great to see them progress. Wow. That's awesome. That's really great. No, these are the great little nuggets that we all should, uh, especially if you're wanting to invest in anything with the commercial real estate. Um, and like that, I've talked to many real estate agents, a lot of my friends that do houses and stuff and how crazy this market is, but we've also talked, you know, it's not going to stay like this forever. And then, you know, the mm -hmm. housing markets are crashing and you know, real estate crashing in one area because they're all moving to smaller towns or those kind of things. So it's taking the opportunities now in those low interest rates 
or um, start saving for a good down payment, or like you said, go in it with um, other family members so that you're prepared to, um, especially when the opportunity, we know like you can sit there and dream about the perfect location, the perfect building, but if you're not ready when it comes available, it's really um, such a bummer. What's the point? Yeah, it's a tease. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a tease. Exactly. And, and so again, I, I want to reinforce the theme here of, of thinking of real estate as an asset to make money. Um, not really brick and mortar and that sort of thing, but it really is an asset to make money as well as to um, finance a, a retirement strategy. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of folks I know are doing that, and let's assume that you're the stereotypic Californian who wants to relocate here mm -hmm. um, for all the obvious reasons of lifestyle and a little more pleasant and cost and what have you. Um, well, perhaps you have some investment uh, properties in California. Maybe you own some fourplexes or something, and you want to reinvest here. Well, fine, bring your money here. And we'll help you reinvest. We'll shelter your tax proceeds. But more importantly, if that was your retirement plan, we can continue your retirement plan by generating um, income. And oh. uh, I see that profile quite a bit. You know, it, it's an increasing profile. And I've had the pleasure of working with a number of people that sort of fit that uh, fit that category. So. And that's such a good, it's a good point. I mean, when you're in your 30s, you're like, oh, retirement, what's that? But it is such a great time to really think about that and start to invest sure. and start to look at that, especially if you don't have a job that your retirement is, like I have a lot of family members that work for the state or the government and their retirement is beautiful and they're in their 30s and 40s. And I'm like, man, I'm, I don't have that luxury because I have a different type of career. So it is, it's very important to start thinking about those things now. Yeah, indeed. And, and, and quite frankly, I wished, I wished I had talked to myself 20 years ago <laughs> along these lines, uh, because I think that I would have been uh, better off as well to have taken some of my own advice, so to speak. But, uh, but nonetheless, I, I, I see it on a daily basis, and I delight in seeing people being able to build um, both their uh, asset holdings as well as their uh, uh, cash flow and income. So, you know, that, that really is what commercial real estate is about. And um, it's, it's a real pleasure working with people to do that. Um, and it's a difficult thing to do. I, I don't want to simplify it. It's a difficult thing to do because first of all, getting access to inventory is, is pretty darn tough. Meaning in a high demand market like this, there aren't a lot of fourplexes. In fact, there, as we speak, there are none in the market, wow. but, 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 but if you, if you have an experience base and a sphere base, then you might be able to pry something loose. The only thing you have to be ready for as a buyer is, is your return mm -hmm. because switching gears and let's talk about, let's now you're an investor, you're in an investment real estate, which means you're not operating business, but you're using it to generate income. So you're an investor. Then what are your expectations there? Well, as an investor, your expectation is cash flow, right? And a return percentage similar to if I put, uh, $1,000 in a uh, savings account, what is my return going to be? And very low, I mean, less than 2%, I believe. But the same thing is, if I put $1,000 into real estate, what is my return going to be? The answer today is about 5 to 6%. So you can pretty much bet on 5 to 6% as being your return metric uh, in real estate. 
if that return is attractive or sufficient, then Yahoo, let's go. Um, let's participate. And because that five or 6% today is going to grow as you continue to raise rents, for example, or rents continue to escalate. And so your entry uh, investment might be at five or 6%, but your exit investment, meaning at time of sale is going to be higher. Um, because so far, um, rents have appreciated. And even in downturns, you might recall 208, 209, when we had a recessionary downturn in real estate. Um, what happened with rents was they didn't go backwards. They just flattened. And so they stopped appreciating for a while, but they didn't go backwards. And so you weren't really worse off. You just weren't better off right <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so you know you take a little time out you know hit the pause hit the pause button for a bit um but then since then and you know when we started to rebound in what about 12 or so in 2012 i mean my gosh the rental rates are in incredible you know two bedroom one bath apartments are are renting almost every day for 900 dollars and i mean that that's an example of wow um, and, and that, that, that's going to continue. The demand I think will continue. There's no slowdown and, um, there will always be a demand for that. So, um, investors, what do you expect? Well, you expect cash flow and you expect return and you get both of those things in investment property. Um, the question is whether or not you're willing, or you think that a five or 6% return is sufficient, or if you're ready to, to do that. Um, and so that's the, that's the beauty of the in investor. Um, and of course, if you own real estate, you're going to get all the expense deductions. You're going to get, you know, the repair and maintenance, um, any loan interest that you're paying, you're going to get, you pay a management company. Well, that's an expense. So that's a deduction. And then of course you get depreciation and, you know, depreciation, um, is, is, is pretty big expense. And so you get pretty good write-offs. And you can uh, continue to, to build equity as you pay down your loan. So investment, you know, an investment. Uh, money managers don't talk about this. And, and the reason they don't is because they don't know and or they don't get paid on it, quite frankly. And so, you know, go ahead, go into DA Davidson, no disrespect, go into Merrill Lynch, no disrespect, and try to engage them in a discussion about real estate. Well, they're not going to have that discussion because they don't, A, they don't know it. B, they're not licensed to deal with it. And, 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 and most importantly, they don't get paid. That's a great, 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 great point. Cause I have been looking for someone to help me with that. But I also, I'm like, I do want to get into some commercial real estate eventually. And I'm like, sure. not their wheelhouse though. That's not something they want to you to do. With your yeah, money. <laughs> that's exactly right. Not their wheelhouse. By the way, when you're ready, to, when you're ready to think about the commercial real estate, I have a suggestion of who you might want to speak with. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I can, I can make a referral. Perfect. I figured you might help me out a little. <laughs> Fun questions now. Go back to that. Yeah. Um, the part where you said you could have told yourself about real estate earlier on. What is something you would tell a younger you? Would it be something with real estate, or is there something else out there that you'd say, "Hey, Joe, at twenty-some years old, you should do this"? Yo, well, first of all, I, I would be a lot more frugal about saving, and even if it's small dollars. You know, um, even if you just chunking away five dollars, ten dollars, whatever, whatever it is, that adds up quickly. 
and put it in a product that generates residual income, residual income meaning income. So for example, um, even if you buy a small house with the intent of renting it out and you can cover your cash flow, do it because you're going to create an income stream that appreciates. And so um, what I would say is first start as early as you can resist the temptation to just spend like on cars, which I did, um, unfortunately. And, you know, cars are depreciating assets, but real estate is appreciating asset. And, you know, start creating uh, residual income. Start doing that. Force yourself the discipline. Because believe me, it will add up. And in 20 or 30 years from now, if you've established that discipline, you're going to be able to retire early and retire at a, at a very attractive lifestyle because uh, you're going to have income. Um, so that's what I would say. And, you know, if I could rewind the clock, I wished I was, uh, I wished I could re-advise myself. <laughs> no, that's a great, no, that's great. Anyone that's listening, um, I've got listeners that are from every age bracket, every walks of life. And so I think that's something we all can, you know, um, appreciate that piece of advice for any younger people out there thinking about it. I think that's such, I mean, I'm young enough, but still, I wish I would have gotten into it or learned more about it earlier on. Um, so now that you, you're, you're a local, um, what's your favorite local restaurant here in Coeur d'Alene? Ooh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. it sort of depends on the, uh, what I'm in the mood for. If I'm in the mood for pizza and I love my pizza, um, <laughs> I, chances are I'm going to go to fire. You know, fire, I still think is the number one pizza. Although in due respect to Doug, the owner, around the corner from where I live is soon to open Vecino, um, which is an artisan pizza place that is going to be owned and operated by uh, the owner of Vine and Olive. Oh, I heard about that. Naomi's opening pizza. Uh, yeah, Naomi is opening pizza right around the corner from where I live. So my gosh, I'm going to have to get a frequent flyer card. Yeah, for that. no kidding. But, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and, and, and I actually, that's, that should be opening here shortly. Yeah. And so pizza and artisan pizza and then speaking of my only, quite frankly, um, if I'm in the mood for salads uh, or even lunches and um, sort of lighter fare dinner options, they do a great job. I mean, my gosh, they do a good job. I love their cheese. So Vine and Olive, yeah, Vine and Olive is good. Artisan Pizza is, is great. And um, if I'm in the mood for burgers, I have to say that although Huddy's, of course, Hudson's Huddy's has the reputation. Um, I remember the pre-COVID activities of Burger Night, Thursday Burger Night at Seasons. And my goodness. Yes. Um, however, it was tough, tough to get in because they got so darn popular and so high in demand that you had to wait an hour to get seated. And so, but if, if Seasons is redoing or reinstituting their Thursday Night Burger Night, I would uh, strongly recommend that. Since you like pizza, uh, have you tried Embers um, out on Hauser Lake? You know, I have. I have. And it, it's okay. I mean, I don't know that I need to drive that far for Embers pizza. But I can <laughs> well, go down okay. the streets of fire. But <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, oh, man, I can't wait for pizza. Radike, if you want just a good, good Italian fare, um, Radike restaurant in, uh, uh, on, on uh, Prairie in uh, Hayden is really quite good. Good pasta selection, you know, good, good ingredients, careful, careful kitchen. 
Yeah, and I think they're kind of a hidden gem. I think some people still don't know how great their food is. Yeah, but go there on a Friday and Saturday night and try to get try to get a table, and then you'll realize, hey, wait a minute, (laughs) this is yeah, what is this? I'm hungry. I want to eat tonight, not tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what is um? So what is something a life lesson that you have learned the hard way? Well, quite frankly, I think it's, there's just no substitute for hard work. Mm -hmm. Um, Things don't come easy for a reason. They're not easy per se. I think there's just no substitute for hard work. Invest yourself in whatever you're doing and not just from a passion standpoint, but be willing to make the investment because you get what you give. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, life lesson for me has been just be willing to work hard and, you know, create your own accountability and you'll you'll get what you give i love that i love that. that's a good nugget i'm gonna have to write that one down that's perfect mm-hmm. could you so, remind me of that when you write it down yeah <laughs> so i can use it again I'll send you a note. <laughs> i don't know if i can replicate that <laughs> that might have been a moment of brilliance that you know this fleeting moments is gone okay gandhi i get it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so let's say you have a billboard, and on this billboard, you can put anything you want on it. Um, What would your billboard either say or have on it? Well, quite frankly, if it were today, for example, I would replicate the sign behind you, uh, Katie inside, I'd replicate the sign behind you and say, vote, register to vote, Um, because obviously we're, we're, we're approaching a very, very critical time in our democracy. So I think that's a big picture issue in today's world. Love it. And I would, um, I would support that. If we weren't in an election season and it were um, a different time, then I think on the billboard, my first inclination would be to put a message of humanity. I mean, I know that I'm business and money is important and we got to pay bills and what have you. But uh, I, I think I would put a positive message of humanity mean being human and doing something good for humanity because I do think that um, with careful and compassionate humanity come opportunities of capitalism and uh, business and so that's that's what I would do Um, and uh, hopefully it would um, have a positive influence on at least one person and maybe another person put up a billboard of that similar nature. Yeah, and it's such a simple, it's so simple. I mean, the world could be a lot better if we did things like that. Well, I think so, I think so. And then, you know, I don't, want to, I, don't, I don't want this to be sort of a expression of values per se, but um, I do think that um, the underlying force to any economy is the workforce. And, you know, the workforce has to be in a position of being secure. And so I, I, I do that when I think that way with the understanding and experience that without a secure workforce, then you don't have a secure business. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you can't distinguish the two um, and you can't separate the two. Perfect. So if someone's listening and they're interested in getting a hold of you, what is the um, best way to get a hold of you? Uh, let's see. Well, I have to defer to you a little bit because I think that my contact information is posted in my various social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and YouTube, I believe. 
And so I would defer to just accessing the contact information in the in my website. Um, and once done, and if if you want to continue with a more straight dialogue, then I would um, I'll, I'll just say it up front here. I would uh, reach out at my uh, business website, uh, not website, but email, which is Joe F, Joe F like Frank at windermere.com. And I think uh, you'll find me to be very uh, responsive. And then the other thing, and may I suggest, even though you didn't ask it, but for uh, different episodes or any episodes, um, I would strongly invite people to um, suggest topics that they would like to hear discussed um, and examples, the pros and cons of leasing a building versus buying a building, the pros and cons of an SBA loan versus a commercial loan. And so please do, if anyone listening, um, please do feel free to suggest topics that you'd like to hear and I'd be delighted to address those straight on. Perfect. So we're in a pandemic, it's election times, everything's crazy. Leave us with one piece of positive advice that people are going to go on to their day-to-day. -day, um, something positive to leave all of our listeners with. Well, I'll borrow a phrase, and I'm, I'm not being at all cheesy about it, but I think the phrase that comes to mind is keep hope alive. Mm -hmm. And um, it's easy to get stuck in a quagmire of ugly or discouraging but I would, um, I would resist, realize that there's a fundamental good in people, there's a fundamental good in democracy, and that um, we, can, um, we can all rise above the temptations to think otherwise. So yeah, keep hope alive. I love that. Well, thank you so very much, Joe. Thank you. I appreciate it once again for organizing it. And again, um, register to vote. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, you too. Oh yeah, I can do that too. Yeah, here, here we go. Block my face. But anyway, well, Tabitha, have a great day. Thanks again for the Centennial Trails. I really enjoy those and I uh, look forward to uh, future discussions. Thanks for listening to Keeping Tabs. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes to listen to all the great interviews. Keeping Tabs is all about people, telling the story of some amazing people we have in our community and across the world. So make sure you subscribe, like, and follow along.